It's a very low barrier to get into the Gronk Squad. That's crazy. We've committed to do the Daily Talk Show for 10 years. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Put it in the calendar. Right, that one in. I'd just like to check the temperature in the room. I told you my squeegee story. It is outrageous. Come on, let's go. It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 968. Matt Diavella. Yeah. Welcome. I need it. I well, need it. <laughs> welcome to the studio. Honestly, this feels like freedom. This it's is really, awesome. yeah, to be in Australia. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ironic because that's usually what Americans talk about. But so Australia you've been, is just doing so well. You've been in Australia for how long? Uh, since December. Yeah, we got in and did our hotel quarantine on like December 4th in and, Sydney. And you celebrated your birthday. Yeah, I celebrated in a, hotel quarantine. In hotel quarantine. And actually, December 14? Dude, we lucked out with hotel quarantine because like I've obviously seen a lot of stories of people who've had a really tough time and a rough go. But we had a balcony they actually nice. gave us a choice they yeah, said yeah, yeah. and this is when you become an influencer <laughs> yeah, yeah. is it true you hung your plaque your youtube plaque in the hotel room yeah that's right i well, actually had to send it to them beforehand that's how i got this good hotel um no obviously we just lucked out uh and they but they did give us an option where they said this hotel has a balcony or you could have like a suite which is like basically an extra room like a living room mm. with it and uh that was a difficult choice and it was actually it tore everybody in the room because there was all these police officers and military there and everybody started chatting about it they're like which mm. one would you do would you go for the balcony or would you oh, go so for the everyone suite? got so every were you on a bus what was the deal uh we were on a bus and then we like logged into the wi-fi of the mm-hmm. hotel when we were in the bus before we got off yeah and then we were just poking around and then nat was like oh my god i think they have balconies and so when we asked when uh-huh. we got up to the the you know concierge we're like oh mm. do you happen to have balconies and he said actually i was going to give you a suite but we could do either one and then uh that's when we were just like that was like paradox of choice yeah. <laughs> had no idea what to do because we we're like more space obviously would be great but like not having fresh air for a week would be insane mm-hmm. i haven't spoken so. to anyone i don't think that's anyone that's been in quarantine did you, so you pay for the hotel quarantine yeah. but do you even know what hotel you're getting no no they no you just it's like secret hotel it's like, really mm-hmm. like you know, I wanted to film it because I was like, this is such an interesting experience, but you're not allowed to because <laughs> it's like, I know because it's just kind of like secret and not secretive, but I just think it's just, um, they have such a tightly run system there. And that's and I, just your security team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, ever since I hit a mill, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you become a real fucking <laughs> <laughs> fuck boy. No, but, uh, you yeah, know, they, um, you know, you don't know where you're going. They just, you know, you come up to a hotel and like, I think having that outdoor space, like really saved us and for me like i actually just played video games the entire time Mm -hmm. i just like played 60 hours of uh ghost of tsushima which was pretty great (laughs) so you're spending is this the most amount of time you've spent in australia yes by far yeah Mm -hmm. in the past it's only been three or four weeks Mm -hmm. but we're doing this is going to be at least a five month trip now observations for staying longer what have you noticed that you don't normally pick up on i mean obviously my wife uh nat is from sydney Mm -hmm. and uh it's you know, I, and I've loved it every time I've come here, but I think I've just fallen in love with it even more. Just, uh, you know, just great people, good food, Papa John's, you know. How much is, um, is you say, do you say Papa, Papa John's? John's pizza? Yeah, that's, that, that's their motto. <laughs> good food, good people, Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually have Papa John's yeah, 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 in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. nobody got that. <laughs> <laughs> how much is it influenced by Nat saying, how good is this? How good is this? Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. I can imagine Nat's like really selling in Australia or is it doing itself? Yeah, I think that she is cautious to not put too much pressure on like how great is it here. Because yeah, it is pretty fucking great. <laughs> you know, it's great. I mean, honestly, and like, uh, you know, 
there's really no comparison because the states, you know, for all of 2020 and like I I honestly, you know, what's weird is I, I it's hard to enjoy it with the amount of guilt that I have mm-hmm. for being here because yeah. it's like really rough too for like my family mm-hmm. now and, and everybody in America and Los Angeles and, and around the, uh, the world, like everybody's really uh, having a hard time and not to say that like obviously Australians have had a difficult time mm-hmm. as well, but like in America right now, it's just a different universe. Well, it's been super strict. Like in Melbourne, we, where you are now, it's, we went through months of real mm-hmm. strict lockdown curfews, similar to what happened in LA. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've come out the other side. I mean, we had a lockdown last week, mm-hmm. five yep. days. Yeah. Businesses closed and that's where it's like, you don't know what was going to happen if it would go longer. And so it's weird because our cases are so low here, but they're still so strict. And so it's this, yeah, it's uncertainty for everybody as well. Yeah. What was nice about being in hotel quarantine 14 days, they did a health checkup every day, but it was also a mental health checkup. So mm-hmm. they were checking to make sure that we were doing okay. And, you know, we were, you know, keeping the peace and, and not like losing our minds being locked yeah. in a hotel room for 14 That's days. Nice. What are they yeah. checking? Uh, they just, you know, they're just like, are you, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, they, they so run nice. through the health checks, like mm-hmm. just, you know, do they do the thing where they hit your knee and see if it- <laughs> <laughs> it's over the phone? They can't do oh, it. Really? Uh, no, yeah, I, yeah. I could, I could just imagine like, a reflex could, test. Yeah. Yeah. That might, yeah. <laughs> if it was that easy to test for COVID. <laughs> were you doing any exercise whilst you were in? I actually did because I think leading up to hotel quarantine, I was probably in the worst shape that I had been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say my entire life, but like for like probably the past like five years or yeah. so. How do you notice? What's the, uh, what's just the like, signs? Cause like parts, you know, it's just funny. Cause when you work out, uh, or when you start to put on weight, you start to like notice parts of your body that you've never noticed before. Mm-hmm. You're like, I didn't have that many rolls before. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely had a very big gut and like when I would sit down, everything would start to roll over mm-hmm. and, uh, and I wasn't used to that. And so I was like, okay, I need to actually like get my life together. But it's hard cause like my, all my routines were changed and it's, uh, I wasn't able to go to the gym, uh, in the States. And so, uh, just, just did, to confirm, they still not open. Yeah. Gyms. For, as far as I know, I didn't go to the gym. I mean, there were at points when they opened up, but I just never felt comfortable going. Yeah. So I never did. Um, so today's Friday and um, yeah. on the show, we usually do something called Fat Fridays. And so we're yeah. glad that you're here for it. I'm here for it. And I'm really hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything all day. Uh, what do you not like uh, when you come to Australia? Are there any, is there anything that you would eat, you know, go out of your way to eat because you enjoy it so much or that's just very Australiana? Australiana. Um... The meat pies are obviously great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, nice lamb meat pie, mm-hmm. oh, gourmet. Yum. Yeah, that is. Yeah, like yeah lamb gourmet pie. Is, I mean, what's more gourmet. Australian is you, you, you. The shittier the meat pie, the more Australian. <laughs> That's what I've heard, right? You get it in the servo, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like uh, the the culture of Australia in terms of cuisine stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. a bit. It's can be a bit different. It's not like you're going to Italy. Or Mexico or something mm-hmm. where it's very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we've got uh, a few things that we want you to try. You may have tried some of them before. Okay. Act I think like you've you probably didn't. already. Yeah. I think Act so. like you didn't. Okay. For yeah, the I YouTube will be surprised viewers. by everything. <laughs> you don't have to be surprised, but we just want to get get a little um, gauge. Okay. And then we also have something oh currently cooking that we're going to bring down from you the know balcony. What? That's great. Because I was actually concerned that it was going to be nothing but candy. <laughs> I saw you guys bring these bags in and I was like, I actually need a meal. Um, and you're like, it's not much of a meal. So, I mean, Josh, you could, you want to bring well, one out we, or should I go? Yeah, we'll go for the, the softest in regards to like most obvious uh, Australian thing. I okay. Think. Okay. Obvious. Got you. Got you. Slide yeah. scale. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tim Tams. Yep. 
Okay. Just had one two days ago. Really? But delicious. Uh, yeah. Dude, this right, is honestly like, that. this is amazing. And Sorry. so, uh, I want you to, f- f- maybe just treat it, this is uh, the people from America, the, your hometown, your home, yeah. your homeland, your motherland, mm-hmm. and what they, if they haven't tried one before, what's the vibe? Oh, Give us the okay. Matt D. It's funny because like, Nat, um, <laughs> have you guys ever done a Tim Tam Slam? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. Is yeah. that like... Mate, what are we? <laughs> like an un-Australian? <laughs> well, yeah, like Nat convinced my entire family to do it. Like the first year she had Christmas with my family. Yeah. And so then we were all doing it. And then, but she then told me afterwards, because she's like, everybody does this. Like everybody does Tim Tam slams. Like, it's like, this is like how you eat a Tim Tam. Um, yeah. And then she said it's not as common as like, yeah. she made it no, seem. No, no. You, would, you would do it if you had an international guest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. How would you describe it? Okay. Obviously smooth... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, to me, I'm getting strong notes of chocolate. <laughs> Milk chocolate. Because obviously Tim Tams, they have a lot of different flavors. Mm-hmm. This is the classic, right? This yeah. is the OG yeah. original. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer the double. Yeah, chocolate. but... Oh, they got a double big one? <laughs> no, yeah, it's, no, it's just like um, they dip it in chocolate twice, I guess. Which uh, okay, I, th- yeah, I yeah. think they kind of stuffed up or they're winning because they are better than the mm-hmm. original. Yeah. But I wanted to get mm. the original because it's yes. the original. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Um, it's funny that we don't have anything like this in America. The closest thing is like an Oreo. Not enough calories for you? <laughs> I mean, it's like what else would be close to this? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just a couple Kit- wafers. Kit Kats? Do you have Kit Kats? Yeah. Yeah, we have Kit Kats. So it's like Nat, a- Nat was giving me a lot of shit the other day because I. <laughs> it's hard in Australia because, like, or when, whenever you're in a different country, right? Because people have different kinds of snacks. Mm hmm. We don't Tim Tams anywhere else. Yeah. And so then I saw what looked like a Kit Kat bar. And, uh, but it didn't say Kit Kat on the cover. And it looked exactly like a Kit Kat. And I was like, oh, what? I was like, to the lady, I was like, can I get that Nestle bar? Nestle. <laughs> and that is yeah, like, Nestle. first of all, it's Nestle, you idiot. <laughs> it's like, it's, like, it's, oh, it's, it's a fucking Nestle. Kit Kat. <laughs> Some people, like, it, there are a few ways of saying it. And so which one, mm. which one was it? The um, Nestle? It was just a regular Kit Kat. Yeah. But, okay. okay. Nestle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to pull out something. You. Are you guys going to eat this too? Or yeah, I'll have me? a Tim Tam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll definitely yeah, yeah. have a Tim Tam. So, um, I mean, there's one thing when you're in Australia, <laughs> and that's Vegemite. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. So, I'm going to slide you over that. I actually got something else that is um, mm-hmm. uh, yep. quite Australian. Shapes mm-hmm. Vegemite flavor. Am I doing Vegemite on Vegemite here? <laughs> Mate, you're doing Vegemite on a spoon. No, you can't do that. <laughs> Just try it. Just give us a little bit. That's not how you're supposed to eat it, though. Am I right? Um, I don't know. Have you had it before? Uh, yes, I have had it before. All right, good. So you connoisseur, give it a um, sniff. Connoisseur. I'm getting strong notes of yeast. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? Do you normally eat yeast? Um, <laughs> in my bread, sure. Um, no, yeah, like I don't know. As far as I've been told, this is kind of like a, a, an equivalent. Obviously, not <laughs> taste profile wise, mm-hmm. but this is like eating mayonnaise out of a jar like you just wouldn't do it you it's a spread speak for yourself there's a lot of people can you just show how much that. you've got that's to a lot the camera? That's too okay. much well, no, 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 that, that, no 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 i mean imagine if it was on the bread right. <laughs> bro that's fucking gross <laughs> just really roll it it's salty oh, it's like the vegemite challenge <laughs> it's like a new challenge um, what do you think wash it down with a vegemite um drinking drinking some water out of our um you, uh, it's, you don't like uh, that? It's like it's like almost like tastes like gasoline. <laughs> it's like it's actually kind of smoky. <laughs> that's, a, that's good. That's a good. Yeah, smoky's good. Not sure. And I've these are that before, so these are Vegemite, Vegemite shapes. Yeah, these are a bit easier to take down. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I need you guys to eat with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have some shapes. We'll watch. We'll watch. It feels um, rude. <laughs> so uh, um, finally, so I actually love these. Just like I don't know, Vegemite. So can you guys explain to me like the appeal of Vegemite and why it hasn't spread? Spread. Josh, did you have it as a kid? Yeah. So loved it. So mm. I didn't. I'm an Australian that doesn't necessarily like Vegemite. Mm-hmm. Very specific. It has to be mm-hmm. small bit on buttery toast, and I love it. Just a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And then put poached eggs on the toast. That even works too. Yeah. Just add a, adds a little bit extra. There's a street. I think it's like Vegemite Street yes. or something in Port Melbourne. You drive through Port Melbourne, a little suburb here, mm-hmm. smelling the Vegemite being made. Really? And so it is nice. But I mean, the branding. It looks great. I, yeah, it is, be- it is beautiful. I mean, they've got a, a lot going for them. It's iconic, and and people do love it. But Did you yeah. have Pop Tarts as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Was that bread for you? Like or- how often do you? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was our bread. <laughs> Use that instead of. Was it like how common was Pop Tarts as an actual breakfast food? Very common. Like really? I would have cinnamon Pop Tarts probably for breakfast every day. <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. Um, probably for a couple of years. Yeah. There's that um new. Uh, brand of cereal that everyone's talking about, like the that's that. Um, yeah, all the podcasts talk Space about. Space Station has it. Uh, it's Space Station actually owns it. Uh-huh. Who is? Oh, um, yeah, it's they're um, like my. They help me out with my brand integrations. Mm-hmm. Is that um um what the is it called? Skateboarder dude. Yeah, yeah, Space yeah. Station. Fuck, I love that dude. What's it used to be? Um, great on Snapchat. Hmm. But they um, but they but it's all like high protein and all like they've, they've sort of made cereal that's not bad for you. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, have you had a caramello koala before? Nope. If, oh yes. yes. So I guess very Australian because of the koala caramello um, koala. These okay, are brie. These are delicious. These are delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am so excited. Is this chocolate again? Yes. I'm so excited. I like how we're balancing. Yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like you guys really know how to balance flavor. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, till the, wait, wait till the surprise comes from the top okay. floor. Oh, man. So this is a, a Caramello Koala. I'll have one as, as well. I, I love, love Caramello I do have quite koalas. a bit of a sweet tooth. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So All right. Okay. So can you say that word? I love how you say that. Caramella. Caramella. <laughs> Caramel. 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 Anthony. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. So a cute little koala looking. Yeah. Um, okay, so what we're seeing right here, yeah, it's just character. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful koala. Give it a sniff. Mm. Yep. What do you smell? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real it's sugar. It smells like sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The caramello yeah. is really sort it's just of dripping. pouring. Yeah, it drips out, out of this thing. And this is um, a well-known... Mm-hmm. Very well. Is this known. like an Easter type thing, or no. is this like a okay? Oh, it's, like every, it's like an everyday thing. Yeah, <laughs> like a breakfast thing. <laughs> it's a pop tart thing. Um, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Oh, no, <laughs> really? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, caramel and chocolate mm-hmm. together. Is uh, what do you rate higher, Tim Tam or caramel koala? Caramel. I think obviously it comes down to preference, mm-hmm. and for me. I like the crunch. Mm. Oh, the Tim Tams. Like, that is definitely a daily carry. Yeah, daily carry, everyday carry. <laughs> yeah. You can only have so many of these, I think, back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I agree. Um, <laughs> and, and we've tested it. We could, we've had I think so crunch, many. Yeah, a crunch is satisfying in a oh, way yeah. that, like, just like a smooth. <laughs> I think you'd <laughs> yeah, like how a, you um, to find that? a chunky Kit Kat that has caramel through it, too. Oh, yeah. I think you'd like that. Mm-hmm. If you like caramel, 
yeah, like yeah. crunch. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I think I just Incredible. got a cavity. <laughs> really? Are you doing is, is dental? Um, are dental programs good here in Australia? You'll be fine. Okay, you'll be fine. Okay, cool. Um, are you a breakfast guy with uh, going to cafes in Australia? Because um, that's big here. Like going for break culture. You yeah, know. we haven't. Uh, well, yeah, we've done a little bit. I think honestly, your your breakfast sandwiches, like the, the you know eggs and bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you just call, what do you call it? Like bacon like, and eggs. Bacon and egg. <laughs> bacon egg. But you sandwich? just call it bacon and egg. Yeah. Like, let me get a bacon yeah, and egg. B and and it's assumed that it's a sandwich. Because a brekkie roll is a, a brekkie roll. Egg. Yeah, 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 brekkie yeah. roll, B and E. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have some B and E. We would say bacon, egg, and cheese, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. Uh, can I get a bacon and egg? If like, you said I, a I bacon like, and egg. Yeah, yeah, I say a bacon and egg roll. Mm-hmm. A roll, Thank you. yeah. Mm-hmm. A bacon and egg roll. What's it been like? Um, We've filming? had a few of them, and they're very good, by the way. They're, they're, yeah. And like the bacon here, it's different. Yeah, yeah it's a lot better. The bacon's a lot better. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's actually a slab. Of mm-hmm. meat. It sounds doesn't it's articulate thick, right. It's not thick. It's like no. ham. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like ham because it's not as it, fatty. In America, it's usually very crunchy, and it's just True. like it's like a feather. The crunchy, like you kind of lose a lot of the flavor then too. It's yeah. just like yeah, it's super dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, with filming in Sydney, what have you found about filming uh, in Australia versus LA? Um, I think that in Australia, I don't know. It's like. Have you been out and about? Like, have you actually? No, not really. (laughs) I don't really (laughs) do that. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think early on I found out that like, I think there was this expectation when you're a YouTuber, at least like maybe years ago, uh, that you had to do a vlog Mm -hmm. and that you had to kind of capture your life and run around and be this kind of personality. And I realized that's not me. And like, I experiment with it and I I include those kinds of vloggy type stuff in my videos sometimes. Mm. But like, I find that I am just much happier when i just kind of plan my videos out and can kind of do what i do uh at the apartment uh obviously i think that goes to there's there's only so far you can get with it and i'm seeing something come down here oh, yeah here we <laughs> yeah. go <clears throat> so okay this is uh the savory lunch oh wow yeah. we are having, because we're not just pigs that are this, eating yeah, chocolate yeah. for lunch having sausages sausage. come around georgie boy sizzle come around yeah, it's a sausage sizzle oh wow <laughs> Yeah. Can you tell you us what bread? a sausage sizzle is? Yeah, yes. yeah. You got a sausage, white bread. It's got to go diagonal across. <laughs> and then what? You just got uh oh, yes. I got some onion mm. and then um, ketchup mustard. Yeah. Would you call this a hot dog in the US? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, no, I mean, it, it actually is a sausage, though, because we do have sausages. So you call a hot dog sausage. is a different kind of meat. Yes. And nobody knows what <laughs> hot dogs are made of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a medley of meat. Uh, we don't know what's in this. Well, this it is... says beef on the, the wrapper. Uh-huh. But which um, part? Mate, have one. So this is a sausage okay. sizzle. We've okay, had a great. sausage sizzle here at the office today. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And this is beautiful. And this um, is what I need, actually, right up the now white in my bread, life. And then yeah, yeah. For those that are just listening. the sausage. Okay. And you've yeah. got salt. Would you like um, onion? Oh, Would onion? you like onion or no? Yes. So yes. they started, do you know Bunnings? It's like a, um, it's a shop. Thanks, Georgie boy, by the way. Yeah, thanks, I feel like I didn't say thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have okay, you yeah. been to Bunnings? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got an umbrella from Bunnings. Yeah. So um, Bunnings is a is like a, um, what do you call it? Like Home a Depot. Train shop. Depot. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, they always have sausage sizzles on the weekend. And they Right, actually, right, 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 right. Yeah. Also, I've heard about uh, Freedom Sausages. What's that? Oh, yes. Yeah. You don't know what that is? You never voted? Freedom sausage. Yeah. When when you vote and you um, there's there's a sausage sizzle at oh, like yeah. the schools and all that sort of thing. I mean, so go postal. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, yeah. You don't actually go in person anymore? No. Nah, I mean, we don't do it. I mean, 
When was the last time you voted? I can't even remember. I like how you guys don't fuck with plates. That's not an Australian that, thing. Yeah, that's how we do it in Australia. Oh, um, he's, you have nailed oh, that. That is so good. Can you hold that up? That's a beautiful looking one. I, just need I wasn't even that. trying. Uh-huh. And so the um, onions okay. in uh, at Bunnings, I believe they you have to the, put the onions underneath the sausage because someone... There are plates here, by the way. They're underneath. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people were uh, apparently slipping on onions at the shop. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, Jojo, uh, can yeah. you make me one up, please? Uh, there you go, mate. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe thank put you. it on there and pass yeah, it over. Yeah, yeah, just pass it over. I'll just... Yeah. yeah. Hang on. Here we go. Pass me the... Oh, yeah. This is a real team effort here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Done. There you go. Fine. You clean this table, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you. I'll just take that. Just oh, taking the sausage. Oh, this is great. This is real good. This is perfect. All right, so I love good. how you guys have made thirty-three sausages. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was is this the, like an eating competition? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have made that many. There was either get um, like not enough for mm-hmm. two each, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. enough for two or three each. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took it's a smart pun. move. Yeah, I took the pun. Yeah, you always I mean, gotta not, you gotta be safe when it comes to food. As you a kid, I would have five. That was sort of my easy go-to yeah. number. Five. Slash five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you really have the number in your mind? You're like, today I'm having five. You'd have to put it on the, like, so the schools would do sausage sizzles and mm. you'd have to write it on a paper bag and put the money in the bag mm-hmm. and I would say five. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. They used to do that. I mean, they would do dollar dogs at baseball games. Mm. I don't dollar know if you guys dogs. do that at like cricket games. No, no, no. They like to inflate the prices at those events. But there is uh, IKEA, yeah, that's right. German establishment, yeah. like a uh-huh. Home Depot mm-hmm. vibe. No, it's like a Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. Sorry, um, and they do they do one dollar one dollar hot dogs or one dollar. Mm. Yeah, they are hot dogs. Wouldn't they know do meatballs? As well. Meatballs. Yeah, definitely. Swedish because they're Swedish meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, would you, but you'd ask for meatballs if you went to Sweden, wouldn't you? Because I went to France yeah. and I asked for mm. French onion soup and wait, what? Onion it's soup. just got onion. <laughs> it's fucking onion soup, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I get you. <laughs> at the start of the year, your new doco came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually looking at because it, it came out on the first of January. I was refreshing Netflix because obviously Australia is ahead. Did you have plans like you were going to sit down and, and watch your own film? No. Dude, I can't anymore. <laughs> I noticed that early on and I thought it was something that was wrong with me. And it might be. <laughs> but it was like the first documentary I did. I remember I would do some screenings and I would go, this is, you know, you have to like kind of put yourself in my shoes where I have seen this thing hundreds of times, like through as many times, like, I, you know, I've recut this film a hundred times and then I've gone through every interview so many times. And then by the time you get done with one of these really big projects, you kind of start to hate it. <laughs> I mean, mm. you go through different emotions where there's parts of it where you really love it and you're really excited when you're making it, and then parts where you hate it. And then I think at the very end, you're just kind of over it. You're but numb? Then, Are you numb? Like, you just, so to feedback, so it's great. Mm-hmm. What does that do for you? <laughs> you know, like I could imagine it's, it, it's both the, like you're not that happy with it or negative to it mm-hmm. just based on the amount put in. Well, you just like remove from it. Yeah, I guess it's like similar to you guys where you don't do it because of the the feedback or the the output, whatever you get from it. Mm-hmm. You do it because of the experience of making the thing because you actually enjoy making it. And so like when somebody says, oh, it's amazing, like it changed my life. Obviously, that means a lot and it really feels good. But like you can't take that with too much weight 
because then you also take the the negative comments with the same amount of weight. And then when somebody says, oh, it sucks, that was the, the worst thing I ever watched, watched yeah. a waste of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cancel my Netflix subscription now. <laughs> yeah, how many people? Minimalists. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Got yeah. to cut back. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, you just, you just have to take each of them and, and, and not let it change the reason why you did it to begin mm-hmm. with. So the, um, what about the noisier it gets? Because I mean, it probably is fairly noisy for you. Into Like I love stopping with the, one of the videos you made recently and just seeing how you showed the likes that an Instagram post, like you showed the sort of like um, analytics of it just on the screen. And I stopped it. <laughs> of course I did. And I was just like, Oh, like how many did he get? <laughs> You made a joke about it too. You weren't just trying to <laughs> swing your <Flirt>. dick. <laughs> um, yeah, you, I mean, you, you yeah if you're going to swing that? your dick, you got to joke about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That, is, that is such good advice. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, Honestly, dude, is that going to be one of your little yeah, cutaways? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this is going to ruin my brand. That's going to be no, another one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what is it? What's the what's the feeling, babe? As it has got a bit noisier for you. Um, I think that like people pick like the different metrics that mean the most to them and like Instagram is just not that important to me. Um, and so it doesn't affect me one way or another. Um, and like, I think I've gotten good at just kind of distancing myself from overall feedback, like comments and stuff, because it like, it always gets to you. It doesn't matter. Like if you get a thousand comments on a video and then 10 of them are negative or a hundred are negative, that can still get to you no matter of like where you are, you're still like a person at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And so like, I try just to avoid it or I just look at it very early on because usually in the first day or two, uh, it's just the people that like have been watching my videos all along for the past year and like they're always positive and encouraging. If you got the bell on uh, to get the notification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also like, I'm going to have another one. He's going to. Yes. You also need, you also need feedback though. Mm -hmm. Like feedback is important because if you're not actually, if you just completely isolate yourself from seeing what people are saying, you can make some crap and you know not have any perspective of of it if you kind of like think that you're hot shit and like everything you make is amazing Mm -hmm. um you won't know when you make some duds (laughs) how different is it uh making a netflix documentary than it is a youtube video in regards to pro like where are the similarities Mm -hmm. and where is it completely different uh tone is different Mm -hmm. i think that you can get away with a lot more on a youtube video in terms of like tone and the kind of the jokes that you might make on it Mm -hmm. like you can talk about swinging your dick in a YouTube video, <laughs> but then if you made that same joke in a Netflix thing, it would have to almost like the tone would just be completely different. And mm-hmm. like, I could just be silly in a YouTube video and it's, it's fine. And people think it's funny and they like it, I think <laughs> for the most part. Uh, but then if you were to do that in a YouTube video, it would almost like, or no, in a Netflix special or, or, or show, mm-hmm. it would almost feel like try hard and like yeah. not funny. And like, it almost has to have like, the humor needs to be elevated in a way, mm-hmm. at least a little bit. I don't know. And obviously the production value is different and, you know, you typically have bigger crews. He's struggling with the mustard guys <clears> if you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we have to call that out? <laughs> yeah, that was, you used three squeezes. I just need to, I, I felt a lot of pressure because last time you guys were like, what a perfect squeeze. <laughs> yeah. um, so the, the videos you make for YouTube, you're obviously, you've got Final Cut. You need, you, you just say yes, that's good enough to post or yes, I will post that. When you're doing your Netflix documentary, obviously it has to be seen. Yeah. The final version, watched before it's uploaded to Netflix, however they do it. Yeah. Um, what was that, um, the the time between sending it off and then getting back any feedback or yeah. what the next step is like? So there is a lot of feedback. It was like probably a year process of from the first cut to the mm. very last, like just, just around it because it was January 2020. 
I think when we finished up our first cut. Do you upload it into like a, wow. do you upload it to a special system or you're like panicked about how you like, oh, yeah. does it look too cheap if I use Google Drive? Netflix has a whole system. Oh, yeah, cool. <clears throat> yeah. So they have a whole back end that you like, they have to give you credentials that mm-hmm. you log in and then you upload the film. Uh, and then, cause I think for them, they like to kind of have that feedback and they like to be able to have everything in one place. Because if you think about it for them, it's all about scale. And so they're working with hundreds, mm-hmm. thousands of directors mm-hmm. and different films. What and about so they pre-production? Want, they want all the versions. Were they even mm-hmm. like call sheets? Or like at what time do you, are you entering into that system? No, but like at the end they do. I luckily don't have to do all this stuff. I have mm-hmm. amazing producers that <laughs> were able yeah. to handle all those nitty gritty details of like call sheets and everything like mm-hmm. that. But they did ask for all that stuff. And so mm-hmm. then we had to submit because they just want documentation for everything. Uh, and I think just... Just in case they ever need to go back to something, you know, I think the more mm. data that they have, the better. Um, <clears throat> but it is interesting. I mean, compared to a YouTube video, <clears throat> I don't need to show it to anybody and I don't. I just make it myself. Uh, I edit the video myself and then I I actually now upload it to Google Drive and then I have my brother upload the video who works with me because I don't want to look at YouTube Studio. I don't want to see like the metrics and how they kind of like, it just gets like really, it's like easy to just like go in a downward spiral. Does, <laughs> and then um, just like every time, like you get like true anxiety when you log yeah. in to upload mm-hmm. a video or like say two hours after you upload a video, you log in to see how it did. Because mm, yeah. YouTube ranks your last video compared to your previous nine videos. And then- Imagine how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, it doesn't matter how many views yeah, you yeah. get because it's yeah. like you, it's, you, a it's a comparison to yeah, yourself yeah. Mm-hmm. and you cannot always continue to do better and better and better and so mm-hmm. then there's this fear that like oh this is it right because we've mm-hmm. i think we've all like seen like people who've built something and then mm-hmm. it just falls apart <laughs> so your brother's saying it do you notice yeah. tone shifts in him where you've done like <laughs> yeah. oh, hey man it's like oh it didn't go so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess that wasn't a good video has he ever said uh yeah matt so i just this bit of it we just well, we just did recently. Uh, we just started doing this recently. It was something that we used to do more, uh, and then I obviously like you know priorities and things change. But like we just recently uh, started to do it. But earlier last year, he was really the one like uploading everything, and like I could tell it was getting to him. And like obviously, really? he wasn't the creator behind the video, but he was getting attached to the numbers, and he would get like he'd be like, yeah, like the the lucid dreaming video. I mean, like obviously like a great video, but just like it's like really tanking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, Mark. And like, I was, I think, like he said that to like my family. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's upsetting um, because you know you try not to like measure, I guess, how well you're doing mm-hmm. based upon one video. But it, it's so easy to get caught up in it. And by the way, that video, which was tanking, mm-hmm. we changed the title, and then it ended up doing better. Really, and yeah. thumbnails and stuff like you hear that people. I've heard some YouTubers say, "I'm not a, a filmmaker. I don't make videos. I make thumbnails." <laughs> Like, really? Yeah, like, yeah. The, like thumbnails apparently mm-hmm. are, you know, don't bother making a video unless you know what the thumbnail is going to be. I understand why that's important. I think I could see somebody saying, don't make a video unless you know what the title is. Mm-hmm. I think the thumbnail, like that's kind of ridiculous because yeah. like, at least in my experience, you can you can backtrack it and you can figure out a way. Like you can make a somewhat generic mm-hmm. thumbnail and if the title is good enough, you're okay. Mm. Like, but the title also to me represents an idea. It's the elevator pitch for your video. And if you can't boil down the substance of your video into like 40 or 50, 60 characters, Mm. then you probably don't have a great video idea. Um, And like, if you're going to invest a week of time or, you know, two weeks, 100 hours of time working on a video, shooting, editing it, planning it, doing all this stuff, you should probably think through like, is this going to resonate and is it actually going to do well? Mm -hmm. Um, Because like, 
you're always balancing the creative artistic aspect and then a financial self-sustaining business aspect to it. So, so they don't, they're not like by them. Yeah. So uh, reverse engineer this episode is probably the wrong way around. What would you title it? <laughs> it's got reverse engineer. engineer. Um, hmm? Swinging. Dick swinging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Matt Diavella's dick swinging. I think it'd be uh, Matt Diavella tries Australian food or rates Australian food or something. Yeah. With actually, like yeah, photos that, that is of actually, Tim Tams. That is pretty Quan. good. Yeah. I think it's... um. It's so hard with the uh, podcasts and I, you know, I had a podcast mm-hmm. for, I think you guys now have 10 times as many episodes as I did. I think I stopped there <laughs> on a hundred, but I felt like, at least in my world, cause it was self-development, the, the most cliche titles mm-hmm. like, um, overcoming struggles <laughs> like I don't know, whatever yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. always like so cliche and mm-hmm. self-development focused. I think yeah, what was our, I hated it. Our episode, um. Imposter syndrome. That one was fine, oh, yeah. I think. Imposter syndrome, I think, is okay. Mm-hmm. But still, like, there were some that I was okay with, but then some of them, I was just like, I hated myself. Because <laughs> I'm like, these are so corny. But I'm like, I can't, like, I, I don't want to spend any more time thinking about what this would be titled. I know that it would help. And I kind of, like, love, like, even, like, what Joe Rogan does, where, like, he doesn't... Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, somebody like him can get away with it, mm-hmm. um, but... Where you just like name the episode with the person you're interviewing. Yeah. You know what I the mean? Number and or the, the number and the person. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't work if you're trying to like, I did notice a difference if I named it something, especially mm-hmm. when you post it on YouTube. Well, you know? I think so. Maybe the thought is, so Joe Rogan's big enough to do that. Is there any misconception that you had in your mind, uh, say two, three years ago about what an audience would do for you mm-hmm. as it grows? Yeah, so, I think I think a lot of people fall into that um, that trap or that mistake. I hope my teeth aren't shining because it's just like white bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, it's, it's a wonder. It really is a wonder white bread. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the bread you got to go for, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. White, white are the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you, can, you can't that. say that. You can't say that about many things in life. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like. Well, when I first started, I, w- I really thought that, like, I kind of modeled my, what I was doing off of Joe Rogan. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, it worked for him, right? It'll work for, it'll work for me. Mm. And that's not the case with, like, almost anybody. Especially, like, anybody that's really well-known. Like, a Casey Neistat or a Peter McKinnon, a Gary V. Like, they all did something that were different and unique. And that weren't being done at the time. And so, like, just even... Obviously, Joe Rogan has the celebrity aspect that obviously helps him. But even if he wasn't a celebrity, it would still be really difficult. Like, you're, if you're just going to copy what somebody's already done, yeah. like verbatim, that formula is is it's probably not going to work. And you probably have to think of a different angle. And so, like, uploading just podcast excerpts um, and then naming them whatever. You know what I mean? You, ha- you have to actually get a little bit more creative than mm-hmm. that. And you have to actually find a different path, I think. You could mm. be just as successful not having social media. Why do you have social media in 2021? You mean like Instagram yeah. and like everything apart mm-hmm. from YouTube? Yeah. Um, well, I don't have Facebook. I have Instagram and that's probably the only one. I, I, I And I look at Twitter because Twitter is kind of fun too because you can have conversations with mm-hmm. people. Didn't um, you start a TikTok? 
I did. Yeah, that was during COVID. It was a really rough time in <laughs> yeah, my life. Everyone, everyone, everyone did. Yeah, COVID made a lot of people. Too. COVID made a lot of people sick and made a lot of people. Yeah, I think that start it, TikToks. Yeah, I think that was when I think, <laughs> dude, TikTok Chinese company. I mean, I don't know. Coincidences. It's weird, <laughs> and that's how conspiracy theories are born. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Uh, did TikTok oh, social, yeah, media. Social, social media, media. social media, <laughs> yeah, yeah, social media, um, Instagram for me, I don't know. Like there's something I like about it. I mm-hmm. think that obviously, uh, I, I don't think it hurts to have unless it's really affecting your mental health. And I think that I've actually like really built a really healthy connection with Instagram where I just don't really use it that much. And I'll pop in every once in a while and I do get something from it. And it is nice to connect with people and like message people on DMs when I have a minute to do it. And then uh, it is also a helpful promotional tool. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Mm. if I'm like making a course or a digital product or if I want to talk about something, it is a additional microphone to to share a message. The same reason why I have a newsletter Mm -hmm. is to just... um, because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Like, you, you know, uh, what we've seen with Google search and Facebook and all the stuff that's happening in Australia right now, like it just goes to show that, and, and a lot of these news companies and media companies are being, sign up to our newsletter. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> like they're all scrambling now. And it's actually like, well, the main news site has, you don't need Facebook, sign up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh. And so like, they're all way behind and they were relying <laughs> too much on Facebook. And so I think that if from the beginning, you just diversify a little bit and like, of course, you're probably not going to be able to, you know, if you get, if you're really popular in one platform like Facebook or mm. YouTube, you're probably not going to be able to get every single ship up to that level, but it's just making sure that you can keep doing what you're doing. If one of them decides mm-hmm. to like pull the cord or, you know. I think it's hard when there's no ships up to any level (laughs) and and that's where the pressure comes because you haven't landed a platform or haven't landed Mm -hmm. success on one specific platform, success meaning just a a big audience at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Was the thinking actually different when you hadn't landed the YouTube audience or- I think it was the same as you you guys because like when I started, sorry, that really sticks to your Mm. teeth. When I started, um, I was doing freelance filmmaking and I was doing um, <clears throat> part of the freelancing started to become like doing original long form films like minimalism. Mm-hmm. And so w- since that worked out, I was like, OK, this is a potential path where it's not it's original content, but I'm like collaborating with other people and I'm making films and like I don't need an audience to be able to do that stuff. And so for me, <clears throat> from the beginning, I had that safety net to go back to. Uh, so I built up a savings. I, you know, I had a nice runway to help me, uh, in case I were to like slip up and, and fail. And like, obviously I did a lot over the, the year and a half that I was like building it. And then I just, I always knew that I could go back to freelance and I knew that like I could, I could go back to the client work that I like really enjoyed doing, which is working with different companies and startups and tech companies. And I'm like, and it, if it even gets really bad, I could go back to weddings. And I'm like, I didn't mind mm. filming weddings. And like, I'm not too good to shoot weddings now if everything fell to shit. And I think it's always good to have that in your back pocket where you're like, there's always that. Mm. Um, and then obviously, and then like, yeah, like, like to have a family support system helps. Like, so then you could like crash on somebody's couch or you can um, do other ways to save money if if things did come to that. And I think like no matter what level you're at, like that that's always there in the back of my mm. head. Like, I mean, because you always, you never, I think you never should really take what you have for granted and you should be uh, ready to that it might be taken away from you at any moment. Um, and then, 
you just have to be ready to go back to filming bar mitzvahs. <laughs> are you thinking about the future? Like how often are you looking at where you are now and then planning for what's ahead? Mm, I mean, you know, what's funny is like we talk about like kind of creating runway with content a lot. Mm-hmm. Like obviously runway with money is one thing. And then like I used to get really good at it where I'd be like four videos ahead and I would just be able to like really kind of map out what I wanted to do uh, lately, uh, especially in like trying to manage my anxiety because like with the views and, and all this stuff that came also a lot of anxiety came from that. And I had like it was like crazy where it was like I, I don't know if you guys saw the video where it's literally just called I have anxiety yeah. <laughs> like that was like a re- like it was really scary and it was like a breakdown where I didn't feel like I had control over myself and I had no kind of, I had no idea that you could have such physical symptoms from something like anxiety where I thought that I was like literally being poisoned with carbon monoxide. Mm. <laughs> and like you started to like lose your mind and then it just spirals even further. And I think a, it, it, it is almost entirely <laughs> because of YouTube, right? Yeah. <laughs> and because of the pressure that I put on myself. And it was pressure I put on myself. And it's like, you have to realize that you have control. You have the ability to step back. And when you feel like you are being forced to do this thing, and when you feel the pressure that you have to always keep doing better and better and better and better, eventually it's going to snap and the pressure is just going to break you. So why, why do you still do it? Like, I guess if I was in your, it's always funny. You always yeah. look at other people's positions, right? It's like what it's, you would do. It's crystal clear what, what <laughs> I would do yeah. for Josh. Yeah. Well, I think like, so you, you know, you talk about, um, not necessarily going out that much or whatever in Sydney from a filming perspective or like your space. Like I would love the idea of being a hermit mm. in, with like nice nature and all that sort of thing. And like write a book, there's something about like writing or something where it's like, you're not having to engage with all of that sort of stuff. You're not doing the social media thing. Have you thought about drastically redesigning your life to be a bit more hermity. Yeah. Nat and I joke about this all the time where we're just like, I'm going to fucking retire. Like this is actually like a nightmare. This is like awful. Um, and we go through phases of that. And so that's not, that's not the every day though. Mm -hmm. And that's not like the every, every moment of the Mm -hmm. day. It's like, it usually happens later in the day. It happens maybe in the middle of a really big project, Mm -hmm. like a film or like a course where I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so Mm. much freaking work. Mm -hmm. And like, Part of it is just resistance to this mm-hmm. project and feeling kind of overwhelmed by it. Um, but then the other part of it is that like, I am asking too much of myself mm-hmm. and you guys have done a great job of like bringing on other people to like help you make what you do. And I think that's something that I'm trying to get better at realizing that I just can't do everything myself. And so <clears throat> I think I just love it too much. Like mm-hmm. I really, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I really love making videos. I love the process of it. And I know I've taken breaks before. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel when you do that? I'm just like so ready to get back to it because I yeah. really love mm-hmm. doing what it. What does Nat say in the moment? Like <clears throat> when you're having one of these moments? Oh, she's she's usually breaking down with me <laughs> because like, you know, she... she Sympathy breakdown. Yeah. Contact breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cry more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, because she does, um, she's got a pretty demanding schedule herself mm-hmm. working with um, agencies and while it's freelance and her life is so much better than it was because she now can take one day off a week to work Mm -hmm. on personal stuff. And she doesn't have to work on weekends where when you have a full-time job, it's expected of you that you're going to do everything you can for this company. But now that she's freelance, she's like, no, actually I'm just done on Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still, even with that agency world is very demanding. Um, And so (laughs) she, yeah, she, she has an equally tough time 
I wouldn't say either of us have, uh, I would say the pressure is is pretty close. Uh, uh, mine might be a little bit worse. Uh, just it, being so public facing. Is it? Um, I mean, you kind of mentioned that it's self inflicted that pressure. It is, yeah. Because you could then. Is it cathartic to say that to yourself? Like, well, I'm just fucking doing this to myself. Does that relieve anything for you? Yeah, a little bit, but it, but that's kind of close. That's kind of uh, similar to being like, like, well, sure. well, have you just tried not worrying about things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so in the in the context of, um, if you were to think about you go and work for somebody else, yeah, there would be still pressures on that role. But then, is there light that comes from I've created this, so that it's self-imposed pressure, but it's it's come from something that you've created. Like, do you go? How do you navigate out of it? Do you use any of that as a strategy to actually get yourself to feel any better? No, I think that if I were actually working a full-time job, I think that I'm just predisposed to it. My personality type is to be a bit of a perfectionist and like really um, obsessive over the work that I do. And also I think it obviously comes from like really enjoying and like getting a lot of fulfillment out of it. Mm. But then you have to like set up these boundaries to make sure you don't uh you know, overcommit to it. And I think that was one of the reasons, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, having my brother upload videos for me on my behalf. So then I just can completely tap out and be like, I don't want to see the metrics. Mm. And, um, and so that kind of stuff helps. Like that's a boundary for me that I can now set that it doesn't affect me as much. And like, Mm. I don't worry as much. Like we uploaded a video earlier this morning and I haven't like looked at the metrics or any of the views and it's killing it. It's uh, it's like it's like an itch that you you want to scratch. <laughs> you wanna, yeah. No, it's actually uh, uh, to be honest. And I think can we do a live reaction to what it's got right now on the show? <laughs> <laughs> you just see the sweat starting to beat down my face. Um, can I have another? Tim but the thing is, like, yeah. I know, but Matt, yeah, Matt yeah, would yeah, say, yeah. I'd give you some more. Actually, chocolate. Tim, do you want a Tim? <laughs> I would actually like one. I yeah, didn't yeah. have one before. Yeah, thanks. Have one. There you go. Yeah, thanks. Um, I think that the yeah, this is kind of to the the point of. Um, what we did with our original video on the YouTube channel, the mm-hmm. three-year rule, and obviously we're working on a follow-up now that we're shooting today. And it's like, when you just look at the metrics for one video, for one day, you know, it's just kind of crazy to look and put so much pressure on that mm. one moment. And I think that's what's crazy about being an online content creator. And obviously there's other jobs that have similar kind of like metrics in terms of like performance, even a musician, you know, I mean, they have a lot of pressure just for that one album that they release. Uh, But then every single week to be being like, was this a good week or not based upon the amount of views that I got? And it's just so arbitrary in the long run. Do you actually, do you realize that you connect, like, are you connecting your emotional state to those things? Like I find that sometimes I'll, think about my emotional state and it would be connected with how the podcast episode was that day. Wait, can you say again? <laughs> <laughs> You're currently eating Tim Tams. Emotional, <laughs> no. connecting emotional state to the video stuff. Have you picked up on that where it's like you've actually been, been in a shitty mood and then you've realized, oh, fuck, it's connected to the video that came out? Mm. Yeah, I think that that happens. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting because like sometimes Nat and I notice that with fights and I think like, one best thing you can do, one of the best things you can do to kind of improve your relationships are to really try to become more self-aware. Uh, I think you're going to say delete YouTube studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that probably has yeah. saved a marriage. Just before. stop yeah. listening to yeah, your yeah. wife. Imagine couples that have YouTube oh, channels, oh, like yeah. the fighting 
you know. I mean, it's good content, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you not to use that title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, but the it's like building self-awareness mm-hmm. around how you are responding and how, because you might find yourself later in like the day at some point getting into a fight with your partner and just being like, like that came out of nowhere. But then if you really look back, you're like, Oh wait, it actually started in the morning because like I was annoying that and asking her where my shoes were. Cause yeah. I lost them. And then she was frustrated because she was trying to get ready for work. And then it builds up to all these things throughout the day. And I think that if you start to reflect on that and be self-aware about those instances, when you're, you know, feeling those things in a similar way to when you were saying like mm-hmm. just getting anxious about a video and not realizing why you're anxious. Um, I think that, that that can certainly help you to figure out what the source of the problem is. I mean, there's lots of opportunities for everyone, but I think um, maybe it's just in my mind thinking about you and the opportunities you have from what you've created. Like I just thought, like imagine if Matt Vella. I'm quitting YouTube for six months to just do mm-hmm. wedding videos and you book them up and, and you get a Matt Diavella style wedding video. Like I'm sure yeah, you'd sell good. it out. You'd sell it yeah, out. That's a great idea. <laughs> you'd sell it out. But so that's just one idea that came to mind yeah, as yeah, yeah. you were speaking. Um, are you uh, sort of, uh, do you romanticize with ideas or, or are you pretty focused on what you've got and what you've I, created? <clears throat> I wish I remember the YouTuber's name. Maybe I'll look it up right now because he'd made a video called, um, my YouTube escape plan. Oh, that's I like that. Yeah, and kind of I bet like, you there's a bu- is there a bunch of those now? Uh, maybe I don't even know how big it was. Uh, is it? Oh no, 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 no! It wasn't even escape plan. It was exit, like his exit strategy. Kind mm-hmm. of like a startup would have mm-hmm. an exit strategy. Um, well, a lot of people say you you uh, need an exit strategy for any business that you're creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. It, it's, it's not even popping up. up. It's not even popping <laughs> I mean, up. Most, I think because I'm getting the Australia algorithm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Blame it on the Aussies again. Oh, there he is. It's Jake Roper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, the video is called My Exit and My YouTube Exit Strategy. Um, I think that's not uh, a terribly unhealthy way to look at it because of how demanding YouTube is. Mm. I think, obviously, there is another solution, which is what I'm actually doing now because I used to do a video every single week and now I've, I've scaled back to a video every other week. I think it's just managing the amount of work that you do and saying like, okay, I can't do everything. So I'm just going to really pull it back. Yeah. For me, it helped actually having other YouTube creator friends that I, I chat with and, and we, we speak regularly and just like having all of us go through the same thing and realizing that n- none of us were doing anything <laughs> to change yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I just got to do, I just got to scale back on it. Mm. Um, you, it's but, UA. Oh, sorry. Why I, What's why? YouTube is YouTube. YouTube is anonymous. anonymous. <laughs> yeah. But it is like uh, I, the YouTube exit strategy to me is not like a bad idea. But I, I think mm-hmm. what it also could do is like it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like my YouTube exit strategy. I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. And then in two years, I'm going to quit. Uh, but it could mean do you have a strategy for when you no longer want to make YouTube videos? Like how do you transition out of something that you maybe became dependent upon mm-hmm. for a living and for fulfillment? You have a Slack channel where a bunch of um, YouTube, you know, big YouTube creators uh, chat. Do you find that there's sort of a um, a common road that you all go through? Like I can imagine you being doing it for the amount of time you have mm-hmm. versus someone else. Do you feel the pressure of the, oh, the, the young creator coming in and like doing, you know, 
It's like um, Ali Abdel or whatever yeah. producing fucking like 15 videos a week. <laughs> yeah. And he's a Ali, doctor. slow down. <laughs> like, do you feel, yeah, do you yeah, feel that? Do, do you feel yeah. that, um, that pressure or how do you mm-hmm. sort of um, reconcile it? I think that is probably one of the strongest pulls mm-hmm. to feel like you're not creating enough. When you see everybody else doing so much, um, Ali's amazing and he's brilliant. Um, and he has something that a lot of people don't have, which is just like a just, doctor's degree. <laughs> he's like super smart. <laughs> and I'm like an idiot. <laughs> and it takes me a lot longer to like make my videos. And uh, it takes most people a really long time to make videos. Uh, there's also some people like Peter McKinnon, who is amazing as well, naturally on camera. Um, but he's an editor. And so like mm-hmm. he can just shoot a video in a day and then pop the footage over to his editor. And then like that's all the time it takes him to make a video. I'm not, I don't know his process too much. And I don't know if that's... I'm sure every video is a little bit different, but from what I'm aware, that's, that's part of his process uh, for some videos. But for me, that's just never going to happen. And I also really love editing. Yeah. And so I don't want to mm-hmm. give that up. And so I think you have to, again, go back to, we were just talking earlier before the podcast about how like everybody, the success is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And like your output is going to be totally different from somebody else's. And so don't compare yourself to other people because it's completely arbitrary and has nothing to do with your own happiness. Every other week, doing it, changing up a schedule. Are you halving? If you halve the amount of videos you do in a year, are you halving your revenue? Um, maybe it depends. Like, right? Like, I think with having the amount of videos I do, it forces me to kind of do like a little promotion or something mm-hmm. in every video, whether it's for a course I'm selling or for my uh, for an integration. Uh, I have actually like this year. Last year, I probably did like 20 to probably 30 integrations, which mm-hmm. is like a brand that pays to like have me talk about them in a video. Yeah. And so obviously, I like I just for me personally, it's not obvious, but for me, it's just like it's a product or a company that I use and I get value from. And so this year, I just decided to do one a month with Squarespace. And mm-hmm. so I've cut it down by like a half to a third. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, that's a half to a third less revenue through integrations. Mm-hmm. And then with views, obviously, you get through Google AdSense. And so that would probably be half mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, but it depends. Because then if I if I do, like, if I push a course in a video, it may actually be more money than an integration. Uh, I, we're experimenting, and I'm, like, trying different things. And, like, we'll see how it goes. But the one thing I was going to experiment with, like, is even the open-closed enrollment for courses. Because... I was hesitant to do it for a while because it feels like a tactic. What does that look like? What does that mean? Sorry. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you have open enrollment for a course, it's open all the time. But Mm -hmm. if you do open closed, it means that it's only open for two weeks out of the year Mm -hmm. or four weeks, whatever. Um, And then you set this kind of finite time. And so it incentivizes people to buy the course because they're like, well, if I don't buy it now, then I'm not going to be able to be enrolled in it. And so that's where it kind of feels like a tactic uh, for some people. And it turned me off a little bit. But then there's also this idea where I don't have to sell all year. Yeah. Every video, I don't have to, pr- I, I hate selling shit. And I hate like mm. in my videos, like it, I thought it'd be easier selling my own shit, but it's actually way harder <laughs> because it's like, Hey, buy this thing that I made mm-hmm. versus yeah, yeah. Uh, Squarespace is actually really great. <laughs> By the way, they're the sponsor of this integration. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's just like Tim Dams and um, <laughs> yeah. Caramello Koalas. Yeah. And- but it's just, if you know what I mean? It's easier yeah. to like, like say something about somebody else. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh, Josh definitely. is really smart. Yeah, yeah. Like I would, if I said like, Hey guys, I, my, I'm really smart. And what I made is really good. <laughs> like it's just, good. it felt really good. <laughs> I and still think people are going to buy it. <laughs> the, the, um, cutting the amount of videos in half 
have you actually cut the workload in half? Because it can be trapped to then yeah. have more time to actually. Somebody said that. It. I think uh, I forget who said it, but they were like, "Oh, now that you're doing half the videos, are you putting more work into each video?" And I'm like, "That defeats the purpose." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I think that's the trap. I wouldn't see. Yeah. It. I'd mm-hmm. see it as the mistake if you were spending double the yeah. time. But it's easy to do, right? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, I know that you guys uh, ha- ha- talked about slow growth on mm-hmm. here, and I uh, really appreciate oh, the, yeah, the kind would, words. You yeah. saw the the uptick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that little bump, baby. <laughs> I noticed. Did you tell, tell Nat I'm I'm buying dinner tonight? The boys, the boys <laughs> yeah, just gave me a plug. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forget. Uh, Nat actually might have even been the one that shared it because obviously oh, yeah. she was a big part of slow growth, uh-huh. and I think she saw you guys talk about it in an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I mean, that's something that I've been like really passionate about uh, and haven't been able to work on it towards the end of last year because of the film. And so I've been really focusing on that. So basically half of my time is on this course platform slash, Mm. you know, social media account. And then the other one is really dedicated to just YouTube videos. So it's nice to have something. If you didn't have anything to allocate that time to, maybe that's the trap. Mm -hmm. I think I need to, I don't know about you guys, but like you got to stay busy, right? Mm -hmm. You got to like have something that fills your days. Like you just be so empty and lonely and like, I don't know. You just yeah, need yeah. to like do, do something. Like, I don't even know, like, like reading books and like, even like traveling when we could, I don't mm. know if I'd be fulfilled by that. Yeah. So, uh, you're like the minimalism guy. You've done a lot in the space. Fire, financially yeah. independent, retire early. Like how much do you sort of gravitate towards that idea? Cause there's a lot of similarities. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people that follow that movement, and I might be way off, but like, are they, a a lot of them are like, I want to have the option to retire early. Yeah. And so like, like maybe I'll work half days. Yeah. It's like giving you the option to do whatever you want with your time. Yeah. And you, so you might still continue to work. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But you have enough money that you have the, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the financial security forever. Uh, I, I love that. And I, th- I think it's amazing. I think that's what everybody should be working towards mm-hmm. um, to be able to have that freedom and flexibility to do what you want to do and pursue your interests to make a full-time living. Are you there? Would you say that you are, if you looked at what FIRE was about, which is being in a position where you could uh, do what you want, are you in that position and are you executing on it? Uh, I think pretty getting pretty close to that position, uh, like... I, you know, I started out with six figures of student debt and mm-hmm. I got, I pay that off in. Now they owe you money, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish it worked like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then, I, yeah, I paid it off in like four years of just doing freelance filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And then I started investing in my 401k, which is my like superannuation. And so I, I've been investing in my retirement account for years. And that's built up to the point now where. I could actually stop investing in it and I would still have enough money to retire uh, okay. if it got 10% return, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's to say like that doesn't, you know, count the revenue that you yeah. need and the income that you need over the next 40 years uh-huh. until retirement or 30 years. Uh, also, I just don't even, I don't see myself retiring. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Do you guys like see yourself actually? I think it's like not having the stress, like financial stress, I think that I definitely see that as something like, and that's part of the fire movement, I mm-hmm. guess. It's where the stress would be. So you might have stress in a certain area mm-hmm. of your life that, like, that is just a byproduct of something that's hard to eradicate. So then you'd move, say, if you all of a sudden had all this money, mm-hmm. you might 
put pressure on yourself in another area to create something. Well, it's yeah. like optionality. I think that's what I like. Do you think, say, with um, look at Bitcoin or GameStop or all that, like it seems, especially with things like Robin Hood, all of a sudden everyone's, you know, gambling on the stock market or having a crack. Yeah, I think gambling is a great word <laughs> yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, is it enticing when you're doing okay and you have that cash in the bank to be able to, you know, fall into the trap of maybe like, you know, you've got money. I'm going to do this or that or, you know, throw it into some of these these types of things. No, I think because I've, I've, I've probably consumed enough financial uh, advice and literature over the years that I know that you wouldn't want want to put a significant percentage mm-hmm. of your savings into something that risky. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I've thought about like, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll put in like a few thousand bucks into like one of these like mm-hmm. risky investment things just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I just don't see it being... And it's just not worth my time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I'm very boring when it comes to like my finances. And I think that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like just having like the foundation of minimalism and, and simple living and, and not wanting things that I don't have, I think is really helpful because uh, if you're oh, if you're always chase, chasing the next thing, like even if you get to the point where you could financially like retire, uh, then you might be well, I could actually get a bigger house if mm. I worked a little bit harder. Yeah. And I don't think we really, we don't really have that. It's like the lucky enough to be able to do what we love and not really have to worry about the money aspect of it. Amen. Can you access your 401k early? So like superannuation. Yeah. So superannuation in Australia, it's like it is um, mandatory by employers. How much? What's the 9%? percent? 9%. Going up slightly. Um, uh, of every employee's pay goes into super, which is like the 401k. Mm-hmm. Access so, it after 55. Yes. So, you, yeah, you have to wait until you turn, is it? I think it's, it's 65. 65. Yeah, 65. 65. 65. Yeah, after 65. I'll be retiring at 55. <laughs> just, just and so is that, is that a, um, <laughs> like, do most Americans, would they have, like, say for, for you, is it 401k and then having another investing thing, that you can then access sooner or is it all about just like investing long term? I think that the, you know, depends how much money you save, but Mm -hmm. obviously like apart from a 401k, you might invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably like the one area where unless, unless you live in like a small rural town somewhere, like how can anybody achieve fire if they actually want to buy a house? And like, it's, I want to move to Vermont. Do you want to, do you want to come Have to you Vermont? been looking into housing prices? Have you been there? Uh, I'm, I guess it's or just cheap. the syrup prices. <laughs> <laughs> have you been there? Uh, no, have not been to Vermont. Okay, yeah, it looks beautiful. Uh, Bernie Sanders, that's his. Uh, yes, his yeah, home it state. Is. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of and white so buying, bread, a lot of white men. Yeah, it yeah. has the. Yeah, it's got like ninety-five percent white people. Really? Is, wow, that's which, which really is high. which isn't <laughs> like a. Like it's not the selling stat. point for Josh. It's more of a syrup. Yeah, He's more of a syrup guy mm. than a rice guy. Yeah, it's a stat that they wish you didn't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, in that moment, I thought Vermont's going to hate this. <laughs> but the tourism have, board, you're not yeah, going to get them for a sponsor. They've again. got great socks, uh, darn yes. tough socks, are my favorite socks. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, on the real estate thing, I feel like there was a time where you were looking at buying, or like it was at least on the cards. We look at it, but then like. Mm-hmm. It's just so depressing. It's the same thing, I think, when you're looking to rent. Uh, mm-hmm. You think you have a budget going into it, and then you're like, oh, my God, like, mm-hmm. there there are no windows in this house, <laughs> and it cost a million dollars, and you're like, okay, wow, I guess 1.5. And then uh, it's just, I I would find it so hard to 
to kind of make that kind of investment and spend that much money on a mm-hmm. house and then get in that much in debt when it took mm-hmm. me so long to get out of debt. What about um, seeing like family? Because your sister had a place in, was it Joshua Tree or whatever? Yeah. Like seeing other people own and do all that sort of thing. Like, would you do the whole destination y sort of thing? Like the, you know, a cheap place in the middle of some sort of rural area? Maybe. I mean, listen, if like somebody's going to do it as a financial investment, mm-hmm. you know, if like you have that kind of money where you're like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, like I'll throw money into. Uh, a property uh, mm-hmm. here or there, then then that might be worth it. I don't know if I would do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of silly to buy a house that you wouldn't actually live in because yeah. there is so much that goes with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and yeah. like, that's the one thing that I've seen from so many homeowners that I know is that it's just like, they're like it's way more work than you think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even rich people going own homes. Yeah. Like, that's true. Yeah. Because they, they buy it out of all these joints. Yeah. And they buy outside of their means too, though, where they're yeah. always renting. I mean, if you buy a, I mean, some of these people do, they buy like $20, $30 million houses. Mm-hmm. And that to me just seems so wasteful as well. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Jesus, like parking cash, you might have the money. I'm sure there's a bunch of rich people that just like, oh, I'll put it over there. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Sits in that house. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even, yeah. The Australian but you can't narrative. Ju- it's not so hard to judge people yeah. that are rich for making decisions about the money that they've made themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> But it's fun. Fuck rich people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it feels right, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Matt Diavella, thank Guys, you for coming on uh, the Daily Talk Show. This was a joy. Dude, it's great to have you in our studio. We've we've done podcasts from two of your houses. Yeah. Uh, that you own. <laughs> no, no, never. Two of your rentals. We did one in a parking lot mm-hmm. in um, LA. Where, where was that? That was yeah. um, in Venice. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. It's just good to be in person with people. It is you nice. Know. You it know, feels like a real novelty. It was beautiful. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll take a nap together later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that <laughs> white bread's fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> Just sliding down. <laughs> it's a daily talk show. Have a good one, guys. See you guys. Bye.